It's a pretty fucked up situation, that's for sure. Look, you had the blood of Christ. I mean, I guess in a way he's like a martyr for what he did, but but well, now you have well, Easter not, eggs. Not, not really, because so. he, he came back after two days. I mean, all he really sacrificed was his weekend. I mean, let's be honest about it. Oh, yeah, that can be a sacrifice to give up a weekend. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not as sympathetic as others on the sacrificing himself because, you know, he came back. No one picks up on that. I get very confused. Mm. But I'm not a religious person. I know, you always say that. This is the Mid-East Peace Podcast. I am your host in Jerusalem, Molly Livingstone, and on the other side of the pond, Happy Easter to Alex in England. Good morning, good morning. The holidays are over, but it's still... Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's still raining, so it feels like a bank holiday, <laughs> so that's good. Well, we had a double whammy here in Jerusalem because we have Passover, the Jewish mm-hmm. holiday, and Easter which I think also means Passover, by the way, which is the Christian holiday. So we have everyone here. I mean, the city (laughs) is packed with tourists, horrible people from all different religions. In the streets, there's so many police officers, not for safety, just for driving. There's just so much traffic. So much traffic, Alex. So much. Where's everyone driving to? Well, they're driving me crazy. (laughs) They are driving to the old city. And what they don't know is that the city is ancient and therefore was not used to having cars. So it is not equipped for cars. So they can't even really drive into the old city. So then they end up realizing that too late in the rented cars. And then they go, oh, I'll just make a left turn. Oh, I'll make another left turn. Oh, I see. I have to make another one now. And basically they end up kind of near their hotel. They park and then they walk back. (laughs) And this annoys you and the rest of the locals, basically. Oh, it's so annoying. Wow. And and I am also a part of it, meaning I have my kids home for a week too. So I have to be forced into my own tourism. So <laughs> I went, yeah, yeah. It's great because they do provide a lot of free options, a lot of free museums, a lot of things open up. So I went to the Bible Lands Museum, which I learned Hang a on, lot is, about. Now, is that the mm. one where they've got human beings and dinosaurs together? Oh, isn't that beautiful? Well, we don't believe that dinosaurs existed, right? Because it was Adam and Eve. No, I don't know. No, I didn't see dinosaur bones, but I was too fascinated by pictures of ancient Egyptian penis. And what I mean is, well, that's really Mm. what I mean. Yeah, that's what okay, I mean. that's where you wanted this to get to. Okay. I mean, I thought the mummy thing was cool, you know. Mm-hmm. They were all wrapped up and it was fascinating to be there during Passover, which is our exodus as Jews from Egypt and our freedom and our wandering to get to Israel and then being in this museum looking at the Egyptians and what was and what isn't anymore. And it was fascinating, but anyways, there was a picture that I stumbled upon amongst a lot of his very religious people, I want you to know. Mm-hmm. And it's basically men with their like peepees out and it looks like they're getting like a like a barbershop, but for a penis. I mean, it's like a really, or a pedicure for a penis. I don't know what it is, but my husband said it was probably a circumcision. But to me, it looked like you know, that's how you make sure that people don't have more babies because they were taking like a stone 
to the penis. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you're trying to shape the penis or break it. Anyways, it was fun. I was with all these religious men and I wanted how, to take a much, picture. How much time did you sit there watching this, looking at this? It was, oh. a, it was a long time because yeah. honestly, I don't do well in museums. To me, they're very boring. And this picture really grabbed my attention. Uh-huh. It did. It did. Uh-huh. It grabbed say, me. Now, when you say it was a picture, I want to clarify this. You know, the, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that photography didn't exist <laughs> in, in ancient Egyptian times. So this is like a an interpretation of it. Mm. Uh, well, what exactly like are we a, looking at here? Or, was know, it like a hieroglyphic, like, uh, you know, right, right, okay, right. stencily, like a, a right. I don't know. That's semantics. The point was what it was showing me. I don't think it's semantics, because if you said there's a photograph of ancient Egypt, I'd be like going, I think this is like Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark territory we're into here. So you probably discovered something pretty damn cool, but okay, hieroglyphics, which are cool. Hieroglyphics cool. Right. It reminds me of something, you know, I always try to do a little bit of research to see what we should talk about. And one story that I didn't want to talk about, but I will mention now, just because you brought it up, mm-hmm. was there was this decapitated mummy head they found in the 1920s that they thought was about 4,000 years old I think it was British archaeologists that found it and they didn't know it was a man and a wife and they didn't know if it was the man's head or the woman's head and they were super excited to use forensics to do DNA testing and be able to say something from 4,000 years ago was able to be tested and we know for sure and then the head got lost and then they found the head and then they unwrapped the head and then the jaw parts were missing and they were super confused and then they realized that the Egyptians had done this on purpose because they had believed in the afterlife that you would be able to eat and this would be a more comfortable way to eat. Don't ask me why. And also the whole tomb had been raided and the teeth had been taken out by these raiders. It's just crazy. And in the end they finally did the testing. It was a good article because it made you had to read the whole article to get to the just, what is the point? Is it a man or a woman? And the DNA testing found out that it is in fact the man and not the woman. And they were yippee ki that they could do this DNA testing and know for sure. That's why I didn't want to talk about the article because it really wasn't as exciting. And okay. yet okay. here I did it. Did your kids enjoy the museum? Because, you know, kids, museums, oh. really... Yeah, they thought it was okay. They did like a a guy dressed as like a pharaoh wrapping up a mummy and then he like took a fake saw and like would cut up the parts and my kids were like, ah! And then they took out the brains and my kids were like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't have a good answer for you. This is gross. Why are we doing this? Anyways, (laughs) speaking of fake news, this is what I really wanted to talk about now that we're five minutes in. Yeah. Headline reads, as Malaysia moves to ban fake news, worries about who decides the truth. Mm -hmm. That's the New York Times. So basically, Malaysia has decided that they are putting forth legislation to ban fake news. Okay? And if this goes through, anyone who puts out fake news can actually be in jail for up to six years. Is that crazy? You can be jailed. For six years. Are you saying that our tour dates for uh, later this year will not? Yeah, not, exactly. Will, will not will not involve Kuala Lumpur. Is that is that? What Definitely you're not. Okay. I'm so scared. I'm like, oh my god, that's everything we do. Okay. So let me just read a part of the article. It said, "Fake news has become a global phenomenon," mm-hmm. but. Obviously, Malaysia is taking it to the tipping point of that. And they credit Trump with fake news. I mean, they're like, yes, the president brought it to our attention. And he made it a buzzword. But the world woke up. That's what they wrote. The world woke up. So that's it. 
you're going to go to jail. It's already, there's already advertisements about this. You can see them on their subways. I, I don't know. Are You think people are going to be able to outlive fake news or is everyone going to be in jail? Well, I think Malaysia's government has been accused often of being quite authoritarian. Yeah, to say the least. It doesn't surprise me that they would use something like this, essentially, to inhibit the free press. So I don't think that's particularly surprising. But you're right that in general, this concept of if you don't like it, calling it fake news has spread across Europe. A lot of the Eastern European countries, Hungary, which is going through some quite difficult times, Austria, there's a sort of a uh, particularly a right-wing push which declares everything fake news. However, Uh. saying that, on the other end of the spectrum, you have Jeremy Corbyn, the opposition leader here in the UK, the leader of the Labour Party. Super fan of Israel. Super fan of Israel. That Uh, was fake news, yeah. Well, indeed, and criticism of him by a certain section of people, of of his supporters, immediately call that fake news because we're dragging up articles from 2012, for example, or they say it's fake because anything that is criticism of Israel is immediately accused of being a being anti-Semitic when in fact, you know, that's not true. So you do have a situation now in which there is less and less reasonable dialogue around the centre, around, you know, sort of centre-left, centre-right or the centre bit where you can have some sort of conversation and disagreement without thinking the other person is just lying. And then you have these extreme sides of things where essentially anything that doesn't support your worldview can't just be someone's reasonably held opinion. It has to be fake. And that's really very dangerous. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's dangerous for us sitting on this podcast is neither here nor there, but it's really dangerous for... Well, it uh, scares political, me. Political, but yeah, well, yeah, you're easily scared. Six years, <laughs> Alex, six years, you wouldn't get to watch any Buffy. Oh. Nothing. It's like fake. About Buffy. I know. Yeah. Well, probably her nose, let's be honest. It's That's little. True. And but, she's you know, Jewish. But, I mean, but let's bring it closer to home for you guys. I mean, you have this situation now with Hamas attacking the wall in Gaza and building up to this this commemoration of the return or, you know, whatever they're calling it this week. And <laughs> the March of Return. March of Return. That's what we're calling it this week. And there's clearly propaganda and fake news on both sides of that. There was a report here, I think it was in one of the newspapers, where 750 people had been shot with live rounds and 20 were dead. Now, being the cynic and the cruel person that I was, my immediate thought was, Jesus, the IDF have got to be really bad shots if you can hit 750 people and only kill 20 of them. So my immediate Mm. suspicion, being the cynic that I am, is that it's not 750 shot with live rounds because you just see a lot more dead people. And I also don't think for one moment that everybody running against the wall is an innocent person. Having said that, I suspect also that the IDF or elements of the IDF have shot people that were completely innocent, whether they were farmers gathering crops quite some distance away. But Mm. to hold a sort of a centralist position that says that there must be some criticism of both sides, there are going to be IDF guys who have overstepped the mark and there are clearly going to be people on the other side that are wanting to commit violence and don't want there to be a peaceful protest that that's so, drowned, that's drowned out by people on the other side saying oh it's entirely palestinian propaganda or mass propaganda or it's entirely you know the evil idf and the racist apartheid israeli state well this is like a perfect situation exactly what you're saying we have fake news here in israel because we have Bibi netanyahu who's constantly saying that he is being attacked also by fake news so this concept certainly is alive and well here Now we have this great 
return march, which was the Palestinians coming up with a six-week campaign to bring international awareness of their long-standing blockade of the isolated and impoverished coastal enclave imposed by Israel and Egypt to support the Palestinian demand to return home to their lost homes from 1948, which is Israel, basically. Okay, so that's like their stance. Now, do I think that a lot of those people, as you said, were... People that are social activists that want to be heard, that live in a impoverished city. There's 1.8 million people in this tiny area. Talk about like I'm complaining about the tourists here, which compares nothing to over there. They barely have electricity. They're run, in my opinion, by a terrorist organization, Hamas. But nevertheless, these people have gone out. They've decided they're going to do this campaign mainly to get themselves back in the news, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. meaning Syria has taken over, Trump has taken over, and the Palestinians have sort of taken a a back seat where they used to have the hashtag and they used to have, they really have always done it so well. You know, we suck. Israel sucks at PR and we even have a Hebrew term, Hasbara, informing, and we just were crap. We don't know how to do it. And they do it so well. And suddenly, they weren't so they did this I don't think it's so much of a a march I have to be honest I don't know you you talked about a wall I think that's again imagery that they may be using Mm -hmm. I think they just run across a border I don't think there's a wall maybe there's a fence I think the fact that we have to be there if there was a wall I don't think we'd have to be there because they wouldn't be able to get across this wall like you know it's like a magnificent huge wall it's not like any like oh you know what I thought I'd do I'd go for a run no instead I'll climb a wall and get to Israel it doesn't work like that So I think that we had to be there. And you're right. There was back and forth of videos. And of course, Hamas put out any video they could that showed anyone possibly getting possibly getting shot. So that, of course, goes into the news. There was a quote. We monitored the various hashtags on social media and articles in the media and determined that Hamas is failing. That's from our side. (laughs) We didn't want to pour fire on the flame that was burning low. So (laughs) meaning we thought, hey, guys, you actually didn't do a good job. So we're not going to toot about this but we're gonna let you know you suck so I think that's kind of what happened I know they're gonna try to do it again this Friday as I said it's like a six-week campaign there was a very interesting blog that came out on the Times of Israel of a Jewish woman in Israel saying well you know as I think about because we all you have our perspective about Exodus and Egypt and what it means to us and Mm -hmm. we are aware it could always happen again she said well what would I do if I was in Gaza And I was under these constraints. And she said, I hope I would have been a social activist and also gone to that protest. Which, of course, if you read the comments, it's like, you're despicable. Kill every one of them. And that's from both sides, meaning a Jew is like, kill the Arabs. And the Arabs are writing, kill the Jews. So it's very fascinating. It does put things into, you know, like, well, what would I do? I do feel for them. At the same time, as long as you have Hamas, a terrorist organization that's a part of your protest and is going to put terrorists there and the terrorists are going to try to do whatever they can in terms of terrorism, whatever that means for them, I think it's going to ruin it for the people that actually want to have a real voice this time. And there was even there was something that I read in in an article about it where the mom said at her her son's funeral, Okay, she said it was better than being a robber or a beggar. He went to be a martyr. Really? I think it would have been better to be a robber or a beggar because you would be alive and well. Like that to me, that whole mindset, you're saying that your son is dead and you're like, high five, you ended up a martyr. No, not on board. Not okay. 
not okay. And that's what scares me is like, I really try to appeal as a mother to a mother to anyone in this world because I feel like moms get it more than anybody else. And like, we want more than peace. Just shut up. Just be quiet. Do your homework. Be successful. Everyone wants their son or daughter to be, you know, a doctor, make some money, help me retire, change my diapers when I'm old. Right? Yep. So that's what I would think. But no, here she is. She doesn't want her diapers changed. She says, like, it's better that you go and kill yourself in, like, for what? What did this guy do? Like, uh, he's a mart. I don't. Alex, I just can't. I can't. I can't. It's a pretty fucked up situation, that's for sure. Look, you had the blood of Christ. I mean, I guess in a way he's like a martyr for what he did, but but well, now you have well, Easter not, eggs. Not, not so. really, because he, he came back after two days. I mean, all he really sacrificed was his weekend. I mean, let's be honest about it. Oh, uh, yeah, that can be a sacrifice, to give up a weekend. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not as sympathetic <laughs> as others on the sacrificing himself, because, you know, he came back. No one picks up on that. I get very confused. Mm. But I'm not a religious person. I know. You always say that, don't you? Now, we're going to have to wrap things up here. And there was something else that I wanted to say besides, you know, this marchy march, whatever it is. I wanted to talk a little bit about, oh, I can never say his name. The 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 head of Turkey. Erdogan? Erdogan. Did I say it? Erdogan. Yeah, Erdogan. Erdogan. Yeah, yeah him. Because the way you spell it isn't the way you say it. No, that's a good point well made. People will pick us up on this. I don't hear it said very often. I just read it. So I, yeah, I, I, right? say, I say it as Erdogan which I'm almost certain that people are going to pick me up and say, no, that's an incorrect pronunciation. Oh, yeah, that's totally wrong. That's totally wrong. Okay, but we all know who we're talking about now. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I just wanted to say, did you know, while Trump is doing his thing and tweeting the crap out of the world, he actually does several speeches every single day, live televised speeches. I did not know that. Yeah, this is wild, these sermons, okay? And also on the weekend, he does them. And he has thousands of supporters that eat it up. They love what he's saying. And he says the craziest shit in them too. And I feel like it's so bizarre because we don't even realize that this is happening. And it is totally happening. And he is doing this several times a day. Can you imagine being that's a part a, of this? That's a big commitment, at least like with tweeting. As we, all, <laughs> as we all know, I mean, you can just do that while you're on the crapper, which we're pretty sure that, that is how, <laughs> that he is doing. how Trump is doing it. That explains a lot. But um, to actually bang out quite long speeches several times a day, that, that requires real commitment. Yeah. You've got to admire that. Okay. And you've been listening to a lot of these as oh, relaxation? I don't know if I'm listening to them because like then I get flagged and they want to know. But he uses poetry. He does use some poetry, but mostly it is kind of that same rhetoric, that screamy scream. Mm -hmm. And like he made fun of the Germans when they were having like bad relations with the Germans a little while back. You should never never make fun of the Germans. They do not (laughs) have a sense of humor. He mocked them. They do not have a sense of humor. This will not end well. They drink until they puke. This isn't a sermon that people are like, yes and yes. And, you know, he's obviously more conservative. He puts more Islam into his speeches, which pisses off some of the country because they don't look at themselves as an Islamic country, although I do think that is the direction that they are going. Mm -hmm. But no one can talk out. Like some people in the article were against his speeches, weren't into it, but of course they wouldn't use their names for fear of being punished afterwards. I just thought it was amazing. Here's another one. Hey, America, how many times have I told you? Are you with us or are you with this terror group? 
I don't even know what that means. What is he talking about? Oh, okay, okay. Well, I mean, on our Twitter, <laughs> are you going to like put the link in so people can read? Oh, uh, making me do more work. And I didn't know you could speak Turkish, or, or is he doing these in English? Neither. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you, so, are you are you just using Google Translate? No, I'm not using either. I'm using Google.com to find articles of fascinating uh, stories. Listen, it's the same thing you're doing. It's no, no, not no, like I, you... I thought the way that you were speaking is that, you know, mm. I, and I would not, don't surprise me that you spoke Turkish. I speak Turkish. Yeah, you can. I speak, I I speak Turkey, gobble gobble. Yeah, uh, I no. Could, I could believe that. That's something that I could get Thank you. With. Thank you. That's okay. That's okay. That's like a nice thing to say. Okay. Is it time to wrap it up? Is it time? He said something nice. End it. End it it here. It's not going to get any better for you. That's it. I was nice to you. Look, in your own life, Alex, what I wish for you is that you could be a little bit more like Edaron Egorogi, whatever his name is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because we're only going to look at it. Biggie. Let's call him Biggie. All right. I hope that you find within yourself a way to like spout at people, to have some (laughs) sermons, to go forth and be loud. That's all I want for you, Alex. I appreciate That's all that. I want for That's you. That's all I want for you, too. And for the rest of us who don't want that, <laughs> you can always find our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can certainly download. You can share. You can comment. You can criticize Alex. Whatever you feel like you need to do, take that opportunity. Of course, we want to thank our editor, and producer Scott Kahn for always going through our crap and taking out our ums and our is. That's my Israeli way of saying um. Anything else you want to add, Alex? No. Ev- up just out of time. Too bad. <laughs> oh, boom, yeah. yeah. Up high, too slow. Yes, very good, very good. Well, I hope that everyone enjoys their holidays wherever they are. And, you know, be nice to the tourists. Help them out. Tell them where to go if they're looking at a map. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. This has been another episode of the Mid-East Beast podcast. Just a bunch of fake news. 